Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and Attention Coach Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD and procrastination. So simple yet complicated. So simple yet complicated. Actually, I'm really excited about tonight's show. We are going to take a few things like gift buying and break them down in executive function components and relate it to simple things that you procrastinate on so you understand and have some self-awareness of what's going on. Uh, before we do that, uh, I'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we are anxious to give away free copies of Attention Magazine in a digital form. To get yours, listen to our show. We will share a secret word a couple times for the show. Just write it down. Listen to another show. Listen for that secret word. Write, write it down and then send me an email. My address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. You need to have the two secret words in that, and we will get it off the chat, and we will get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine and a PDF copy of the next edition when it is printed. Um, again, our program is being brought to you by Chad. We've got a little tip that we're going to run, and we'll get into the show. Would you like to help increase knowledge about ADHD treatment by participating in a research study? When you participate in research, society, future generations, and maybe a family member benefit from its findings, bringing new hope for individuals with ADHD. Find a study you may be eligible for at chad.org slash research hyphen studies. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Um, got a real fun show tonight. Uh, trying to tackle something complicated, that is, in trying to uh, break down executive functioning and a couple metaphors to really kind of help you guys get a little bit of awareness around what's going on um, sometimes on things that you procrastinate and to do that. I've got Elaine Taylor Kloss. Uh, for decades, she struggled as a mom in the ADHD++ family of five. Uh, but after she discovered that a coach approach dramatically helped her, her kids, and her entire family, she co-founded the first ever virtual parent coaching support organization for parents of complex kids, uh, impactadhd.com. In 2020, um, impactadhd expanded to become impactparents.com, reflecting a broad range of parent support for the first decade 
uh, parents of complex kids challenged with ADHD, anxiety, learning disabilities, and more. An award-winning online resource and blog for parents and professionals. Impact Parents provides coaching, training, and support around the globe. Elaine has served as a parent advisor in the American Academy of Pediatrics and the National Board of Directors of CHAD, where she continues to serve their public policy committee. You can learn more about Elaine and get access to her books at uh, impactparents.com. And with that, Elaine, welcome to the show. Thank you, my friend. It's great to be here. You know, sometimes you just have to get yourself out there and you've got to stretch yourself. You've got to challenge yourself. And, you, know, <laughs> you mean every day? Yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to try something new and I'm going to stretch myself, I'm going to do it with Elaine because sometimes you and I get together and it's just it's fun. I always learn something with you. And so... Really kind of what I want to do today is, is I want to talk about, like, buying gifts for people. I want to okay. break that down a little bit. I want to take a look at the challenges. I want to take a look at the behavior of what people do. And then I kind of want to see if we can relate that back to uh, thinking and working memory and ADHD and then take a look at how that compares to things that we kind of procrastinate in general. So we're going to take this just as an example and break it down and then see the components and see how it relates back to the things that we procrastinate to give people maybe uh, something tangible and some insight to understand what's at play. So it's, it's a tall feat I love to, it. to make this happen, but I know you can do it with me. How's that? Well, you know, you and I are always about, it's about process, and what you're describing is yet another complex process. So, <laughs> so when you have to buy somebody a present, you've got parents, you've got kids, you've got friends, where do you start? So, so it's such a funny topic for me because, first of all, I am, I'm one of the, some people are great present buyers, I'm not, because because. I get, I get frozen in that moment when I have to buy someone present. I'm great if I see something and I happen to come across something that I know they're going to love. So I'm one of those people that keeps a gift closet because it's like I'll buy it now so I'll have it six months from now because six months from now I'm not going to know what to buy them. So that's the first thing that comes up is like <laughs> the planning and being in that moment of it and then the, the, the freeze that happens when, when I feel the pressure of it. Lots of so much stuff comes up, right? Yeah, so for me, when I have to get somebody a present, all of a sudden in my mind, I've got, I've got to come up with the ideas, and I've got to be able to come up with an idea that speaks to that person. I really would like to get something to surprise them. I mean, that's the kind of the holy grail. Yep. And, and when you think about that, you've got to begin to use maybe visual imagery to draw thoughts and ideas of presence into your mind to kind of juggle with and play with. And you said, you know, when I see something, right, I got my, my present closet. Like you go out into the world and you see that. We, you and I have talked about cued recall when you see, oh, yeah, 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 that would be really good for them. And so for me, the first thing happens is I become overwhelmed trying to mm -hmm. come up with ideas that might work, and then I've got to match them with that person, and then I've got to figure out what would be a surprise. And, you know, that process inside of your head is a trial and error thing where you're running simulations and simulations in your mind. And, you know, as I'm, it's like kind of doing like a crossword puzzle of Sudoku, like yuck after a while. And I, I start to get paralyzed and frozen just like you. And then... Yeah, I mean, my brain just goes blank, right? It, like, exactly. I don't know. 
instinctively, what do you do? I, I go to the mall, I start looking around, or I start looking for like the top 50, because at that point in time, I'm looking for something to trigger an idea in order to kind of solve mm-hmm. that exactly. problem. Right, because I, I know some people will go to the, the – they won't go shopping until they know what they're buying, and I just – I can't even fathom that because I don't know until something helps me trigger the memory. or the, Not the memory, the thought of, okay, this might be a good connection. And, and so right now, for our listeners, we're walking our way through this. That idea is if you close your eyes and you begin to think about this again, you got these ideas, like how do I draw these ideas in my head and stuff like that. I'm talking about this in my head, and Elaine's talking like, oh, it's when I go around and I see those things. She's actually seen outside of her head. She's not trying to visualize the present. She's wandering around and she sees something that catches their eyes. So that's the difference between like kind of thinking inside of your head and thinking outside of your head. That makes sense to you, Elaine? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, because I can't really pull the images in my head too much, and it's all spinning yep. around. But if I, if I see something external, but I'm a visual processor. Like, I need to externalize things in order to be able to remember it effectively. Exactly. And if you take a look at Dr. Russell Barkley's executive function model, the lowest level, the first level is self-awareness, and then you have self-restraint. Mm-hmm. Kind of combine that self-regulation. The next level he talks about is the mind's uh, the mind's eye, be able to visually see it. And so just mm-hmm. like you, I start to have a hard time pulling that up in mind. And then the next level is uh, the mind's voice. That's self-talk. And so a lot of times mm-hmm. what I'll do is I'll start to go talk to people or even talk to the person, like, what do you want? <laughs> like, And also I like to give me the list because that's my default. If I can't come up with a clever idea, at least I can get something they want on that list. So I actually do that. But I'll actually ask them what they want. So now I'm externalizing the thinking process by talking out loud with them to see if something will trigger. Have you ever had that experience? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's like you, you start, it's that quiet investigation. You, you get on the phone with someone you want to get a gift for, and you're, you're really fishing. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? <laughs> trying to get a sense of what are they like, what are they into, what's something they've been wanting, what, you know. Um, yes. Because... Because you like, I just need something to bounce off of, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't do great with a blank slate. I need something for me to 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 dance with or bounce off of, or whatever you want to say. Yeah. So I don't know about you. Usually, when I embark on this exercise that you and I talk about, at some point in time, I get frustrated and I see the hell with it, and I go do something else. I just escape when the oh, thinking gets sure. too hard. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Like I just it's because it's it's difficult and it's overwhelming. You know, yes. And when my kids were younger, I would really try to manage it by, um, you know, like I, try, I tried to put all these systems in place to try to manage it, right? I would try to anticipate it. I, would keep, I kept a folder of gift ideas. Like there was all this stuff I would do because it, I knew that if in that moment I was going to shut down, that if I could capture it when I thought about it, then I might be able to, if I remembered I had a folder called gift ideas, <laughs> then I could go back to it. I love what you're doing. So you'll see you're putting the folder and you're externalizing that type of stuff. When I talk about Dr. Russell Barkley's uh, executive function model, the highest level is playing with information in your mind. So I'm trying to visualize different images and talk out loud and juggle that stuff in mind. And it, honestly, it just doesn't fit and I escape. You're actually getting it into mm-hmm. a folder so that that – You've got it collected, so which is really good. It's point of performance. But everybody that's listening right now, what I really want you to take for this conversation is 
she's thinking outside of her head. She goes, walks around, looks at it, puts those in the folders. I do what she does. But for our purposes right now, I'm trying to do it in my head, and it just gets overwhelming to me, and I end up escaping at that point in time because it, yeah. the thinking just gets too hard, which is, is it a focus problem or self-regulation? It's just too hard. I just want to escape to feel better. It looks like a focus problem, but it's really, I can't hold out my working memory, and there's this trial and error process. It's just wearing me out. The effort, right? It's just too yes. much effort. And at some point, if it's too much effort, if I, I, there's maybe a 50-50 shot, if I'm lucky, that I'm going to stick with it, and then 50-50 <laughs> shot, I'm going, to, I'm going to run away or shut down. Fifty-fifty. <laughs> You're pretty good. A, I'm being generous. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, everybody. I want to want to hold this, and we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back. We're going to segue because I want to keep digging this down. Everybody, keep remembering what we're doing because we're going to actually get up to procrastination here in a second. Everybody, you got to check out Elaine Taylor's Plus website at impactparents.com. Again, impactparents.com. Our secret word tonight is yet. Y E T. And with that, we'll be right to these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Okay, everybody, welcome back. Having a great conversation with Elaine. We're taking something like buying gifts, and we're breaking it down from an executive functioning perspective, and we're going to illuminate some things here in a little bit with regard to procrastination. So far, we're trying to help you guys get some self-awareness, some self-awareness of the thinking process. We've talked about working memory, visual imagery, and and self-talk. And so far, we've had the conversation as I'm getting overwhelmed in my head trying to visualize items on a trial and error basis to figure out what I might get my son that would be special to him. Elaine is externalizing some of that stuff, but we both feel the urge to go to a mall or go to a catalog or go somewhere and look at things so that we can see things to cue ideas because we're having such difficult time pulling it into our head. And both of us are getting frustrated, and now we're escaping to something else. It's an escape to relax. It also can be emotional escape, like, yuck, because I don't know about you, Elaine. Sometimes I'm just, screw it, just get him a gift card because it's just too yeah. much work for me to come up with an idea. I just, I just give him a gift card, I'm done, right? Yeah, yeah, I just give up. Or money Truly. or something simple. I'd really like to get them something they would remember by, but I just get so overwhelmed at some point in time, I just take that shortcut and I get done, boom, done. Yeah, agreed. Now, sometimes – we get lucky and we get real creative like my mom. My mom did a really good job. Like for all the nieces, she went and go buy a charm bracelet, and then every year she would buy them a charm. It was like, okay, she got the idea once, and it was like the gift that would last 10 years, and then she would come up with another idea. And we like those clips. That's like the aha, right? I come up with this great idea where it's just one present, but I can give them something adding on to it every year for a couple of years. So I got that one great idea, and now it's real methodical every year because it's, 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 you've taken all that out. Just walk in and say, which charm do I want? 
Yeah, That's, or similarly to that, it might be doing the same thing for, like, all of your nieces and nephews. Yes, right. exactly. Or, uh, like, my mother would get the same thing for all of her daughters-in-law and all her, you know, and all her sons in law yep. It's like, I got one idea, now I'm going to run with it. Absolutely. So, again, everybody, we're comparing this with Dr. Barkley's model of executive functioning. So we've got the, the, the visual working memory, we've got the self-talk, we've got the emotion where you just want to escape because you're playing with all this information, mind that thinking is really, really, really hard. Now, Elaine, isn't that kind of a lot like writing a paper where first you've got to come up with the idea and you've got oh, yeah, this overwhelming feeling about what, what topic am I going to have? And then it's not just the topic – is the voice or the angle I'm going to write it from in real simple terms. You can write first person, second person, third person, but sometimes there's that aha and it's overwhelming to try to figure out that clever way to do that paper. Right. And sometimes I just, when I'm coaching my, my college students, they just, they just want to escape because it's just too hard and they don't do the work until they get right up until the deadline before. Is this, is this, I mean, have you had this experience with some kids that you work with? Oh, never, never, no. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about my, when my, my own kids, actually, my daughter, what my, because, you know, there's ADHD has executive function challenges, so does anxiety. Yes. Um, and when you have both of them, it's like this double whammy. And when my daughter was in high school, the, the number one hardest of all was choosing the topic because there was this, you know, well, but what if I choose the wrong topic or what if I can't find something to say about it or what if I end up not liking it or what? It's sort of like choosing what book do I want to take with me on vacation. Well, I'm going to bring six because I don't know what I'm going to want to read when I get there. Right? Yeah, I, I, and so that choice is, can be really paralyzing. And, 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 you know, Elaine, you've heard me talk a lot about how the root of procrastination is ambiguity. And there's kind of two parts. Literally, you just don't know the answer. And sometimes you just can't hold it all in your working memory. And I use ambiguity as a catch-all. But you see, we're, we're taking all those books and all that work and all that. I mean, it starts to get exhausting to me to think about mm-hmm. all that work to figure all that stuff out. And all I want to do is I, all I, I just want to escape emotionally. Just hell with right. it. Right? Right. Right, so, and so, but and then the, the other thing you mentioned was waiting to the last minute to do it. And often, what what happens is, and I think you're probably going to get to this, but is that when you wait to the last minute, you're actually you really are escaping. You're not using the executive function. Now you're using a different part of your brain to get it done because the, it was too much work to use the executive yep. function part of your brain. So now you're you're escaping. We call it amygdala hijack, right? Now you're yep. escaping and letting a different part of the brain get you into gear. And so I want to share this. This is a bit of a true story changed slightly. When I'm coaching adults, for that matter, or, or students, and I'm going to use the paper as a metaphor, and that is before you pick the, the, the topic, you need to know what the answer is. So hmm. my son, my young son was taking um, economics, and he had to do a, a paper. And there was the teacher sent out a list of topics. And all too often, students will just grab a topic. I mean, you never pick a topic until you know what the answer is. And my son was like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, and he wanted to pick the notion that if you lower taxes, it will increase revenue, like in, in the government. And I'm like, well, why are you picking that? Like, have you thought through this? He just you know, did it. I'm like, well, what are they trying to teach you? Because at the end of the day, if he would have thought and said, you know, the elasticity of demand is the concept that they're teaching us. And depending on the slope of the, of the demand curve in terms of elasticity, if it's a certain way, you can lower taxes and it will increase revenue. But there's another way it was and it won't work. 
But if you knew that that was the core component, you could, it was really easy. This is what demand elasticity is. This is what happens if it's this way or that way. And then you could go find all the articles because you've identified that target and you know exactly what you're looking for. So there's no trial and error process. But you've got to sometimes talk through that stuff. And as I coach people all the time, you know, 80% of the work is in the idea, not the end where you're mm-hmm. doing the paper. Because if you, if you spend that effort on the front side, because it goes back to the conversation about the guests, I'm overwhelmed with all those ideas. I'm sorting through it. And I, a lot of time what people will do is they don't realize all those variables. And they procrastinate and they put it off and it's ambiguous what they're writing about, what they're doing, and emotionally they just want to escape to something else. And the point really here is to talk about how the thinking, the hard part of thinking, nobody thinks about making that easier. And if you, if you, if you don't pay attention to it, that's what will make you procrastinate. And as Elaine was doing, she puts ideas in a folders, or I talk out loud and I go see some things, and that notion of – Sitting down and identifying what's not clear of those types of things and working your way through that, if you can do that on the front side and it clicks, it's a lot easier. When you get that idea, maybe you talk to your husband or you go to a mall or you do whatever. If you focus in on that, when you get that idea, the gift buying is a lot easier. Does Does that make logical sense to you? Yeah, well, and that's kind of what I was saying earlier is that some people, they have their list and they know what they're doing before they even get to the mall. Yep. Right, And that's really what you're saying is get really clear on the front end. And that means sticking with the difficult topic of holding thoughts in your yep. head and holding the, the ideas and pushing through the ambiguity and the effort and all of that. At some point, the executive function work's got to get done. Yep. And what I think I hear you saying is that if you do it on the front end, it actually makes it easier on yep. the back end. And the trial and error thinking of what do, what are, what's available – what do they want? What can I afford? And what would surprise them? We've run simulations in, in Lane all too often. I find people with ADHD trying to do that in their head or thinking they're mm-hmm. going to do that in the head. And I, I'm, I'm more and more I coach people with ADHD. Thinking is just hard. The more you can think outside of your head, the better. And in mm-hmm. fact, there's a lot of people I hear, all they do is talk about talking about it, like, no, we're talking about it right now. Let's get into it. But they just kind of skip it. And, and one of the things I wanted to draw out here is a lot of time procrastination is you're escaping the thinking part, the variable part, because you're not really clear or, on it. Or you get partway through and then you give up and then you have to start over at the beginning when you come back to it. Right? Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of pieces to it that you're describing. But yeah, the, at the end of the day, you've got to somehow externalize the thoughts so that you can capture it enough to work with the information you've got. So now everybody for this, for more details on what she's talking about, Elaine, um, she was kind enough to allow me on to Parent Palooza. Uh, I think it was a year or, half, or two years ago. And we did a thing on working memory. And mm. they were, I was grateful because you guys allowed me to re, rebroadcast that um, discussion that we had, um, you can search it um, on on, um, on Google, Attention Talk Radio, ADHD Parents, what you need to know about working memory. And in that conversation, Linda Rogley, um, Elaine and I went into a lot of detail, which is kind of coming right now. So if, if you're listening to this, you might go listen to that as a supplement to really kind of understand kind of what's going on. So yeah, it's so a great conversation. Coming back to where we are is – what I was trying to hope that we would do with this is use the gift buying process so people can see in their mind this challenge and all, how all the executive functioning play out and start to realize 
when thinking really, really gets hard, emotionally we just want to escape. And the thinking part is the hard part, and many people with ADHD actually resist, particularly now with the pandemic. Everybody's sitting home and doing it in their head, and people with ADHD need to do it outside of their head. And they're not conscious. They're expecting themselves just to be doing it in their head, and they're doing it in the most difficult way possible. At least that's my thoughts. Yours? Mm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, and, and I would build on it with – there's also a piece about motivation, right? Like what's important to me about this? You were saying I want to get somebody a special gift, something they're going to remember. Like, so if we can also tie in our motivation of what's important about it to me, what value am I speaking to, something to that effect, then it makes it easier for us to stick with it through those hard parts. Right. If we've got a purpose yes. for it, a reason for it, it's not just that I have to go buy a big gift because there's nothing less motivating than that. But <laughs> I really want to buy my niece something really special because I adore this kid and I want her to just like feel great about, oh, my God, Anselin got me this present. That's going to motivate me to stick with it a lot more than if I just feel like, oh, I've got to get a birthday gift. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's hold that thought. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We're going to kind of pick this up and kind of continue forward. Everyone, you need to know the brilliance of Elaine taylor Claus. You can get that. Just go to impactparents.com. Our secret word tonight is yet, like Y-E-T. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back. We're here with Lane Taylor-Kloss. And this is, I'm, I'm, the, the goal here was to get into something complex to see if I could help you guys see some of this stuff in your mind to understand some components of procrastination and it's a challenge but I got the right guess because so far I think we're doing great Elaine um, okay good I, want, I was hoping so <laughs> I, like, I want to take easier <laughs> we're take we, we have the concept I want to bring it down to an example that I share all the time because I talk a lot about ADHD is we procrastinate a lot of times for, for ambiguous reasons or it's taxing our working memory so I, I'll never forget this I'm coaching a guy um, I have a discovery call, which I get to know people a little bit. And the first homework exercise, I want you to come back and give me like a list of things you procrastinate on. And I always start that way because we're going to get to that at some point in time. This guy comes in. I said, okay, what's on your list? He said, okay, first thing is I've been procrastinating calling my relatives about my daughter's dance recital. 
And one of my go-to questions is what's hard? Because if I go what's hard, like the question is what are you not clear about? It usually kind of gets or, or it's boring. He says nothing's hard. And I said, no, seriously, what's hard? He goes, Jeff, it's not hard. It's just a phone call. I said, listen, stop. Just wake up this morning. Just you scratch yourself? You know, did you, I don't know, whatever. He said, yeah, I said, now let's think about this. This is on your procrastination list. It's like the top one, and you're paying me money, paying me money to help you with this. Don't tell me it's easy. What's hard? Now, in this moment, I'm, I'm pressing him, and he finally, I finally get him to think. By the way, he's got to use his uh, working memory and visualize it. He goes, well, you know, I guess I call them up, and then they ask me, you know, hey, what do I wear? Where do I park, and what do I bring? And then he realizes well, he doesn't have that information. Now he's got to go back to his wife. He's like, can't you just do this one thing? I mean, now he's got an emotional thing that he's got to deal with, and then he's got to make another phone call. This is a little thing that happens because it's ambiguous in terms of what information he needs to deliver and what their questions are. At the beginning, when his wife tasked him with it, if he would have stopped and thought about it and maybe visually say, honey, what, what, what information are they going to ask me so that I know, it would make it a little bit easier. And so – in that moment where I'm visualizing all the possibilities of, of trying to get ideas for gifts to give to my son and I'm getting overwhelmed, I'm using my working memory. Thank God Elaine actually writes it down in folders and pieces of paper and frets on where it. In this situation, you're having to visualize. You give me simulate. way too much credit. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> you're having to visualize and simulate the future, and it doesn't happen, so you, you, you haven't, you're not conscious of it. You just kind of put it off. And so this kind of goes through this process, and we, we've talked about the papers about pausing and saying, hey, there's some mental thinking, and I've got to get some clarity on this. That's a challenge, and if we can help you become self-aware to recognize that, be self-aware of the thinking process, and I think this is a globalization, but if you've got ADHD, do the thinking outside of your head and figure that on the front side. You might find that you're not procrastinating as much on things, and so again – I'm just taking where we started and related to something that looks as simple as a phone call. Well, now it's not so simple because we didn't think. Because thinking's hard for people with ADHD. Yeah. Right? It is. And well, which is ironic because we have, you know, more thoughts before breakfast than most people have in a week. <laughs> <laughs> but well, but thinking through from start to finish, I would say, is really hard. And so right. Dr. Barclay, yeah, Dr. Markley is talking is, you know, executive functioning is, is, is thinking towards a goal. Daydreaming is just daydreaming yes. and floating on a breeze that's not taking you to a goal-directed behavior, but this is. And I think one of the reasons I wanted to do this, this conversation with you so much is I wanted to break it down and illuminate, you know, more and more. It's the thinking part that's hard for people with ADHD. And the more you do to make it easier by making it visual and actually having conversations with people. And I think that the digital world is removing those, those give and take conversations. And at the end of the day, mm -hmm. my hypothesis, it's getting harder because it's harder to think because you can't think out loud with anybody. It just makes it difficult. Well, and there's more information than ever to process. Ever Absolutely. as well. So it's like a double whammy. But but the other thing, here's what came up as you were saying it is because I think you're right on target. It's, you know, once you're in the process, you have to externalize the thoughts or find a way to, to capture them. Um, and and what can hold us in it, like I was talking about motivation earlier, there's also that, like, you have to set the intention and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to get these gifts or I'm going to do this shopping and I'm going to do it by X time. Like the more intention we can set for ourselves, the more yep. um, environment or structure we can put into place to make it easier for us 
the more effective we're likely to yep. be. Okay. So I'm going to bring this kind of full circle. You know, Elaine, we're both trained life coaches. And, you know, one of the things yep. we've learned, it's the power of the question. And I've come to realize when I went first through training at CTI years ago in the ADD coaching matter, we were at, it was the powerful question to get them to go out. And more and more with people with ADD, I realized I'm asking them questions because I, when I ask them questions, it just makes their thinking easier. It's just like, well, what's hard about calling them? Right. When I ask those questions, they actually have to think about it at that point in time because it's too hard for them to do it on their own. And all I am is just asking the question to facilitate and make it easier for them to think. And, you know, that's kind of what we do sometimes is we just help people think. I mean, they know the answer. That's it's exactly just we ask the question to get it out. And it's, 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 it's so ADD friendly that now, I, I mean, we were, <laughs> I, I didn't know that 13 years when we were going. I wish somebody would have told me then. But it's, sometimes it's that simple. You just need somebody to ask you questions to make it easier to think. Well, it's like having that space to do it, right? The, yep. the thing about coaching is that we create a, a, a space for people to pause, to slow down, and to process what's going on in their lives. You know, call it process, call it think, call yep. it whatever you want. It, it's about, you know, we're all moving so fast that, that if you can create that space to slow down, to pause, and to, and to, conscious, to intentionally ponder, Right, not yeah. just daydream, but they, there's a lot of space for daydream that's really important. I'm, I'm not dismissing the value of daydreaming. Agreed. But what I'm speaking to is this other issue of, of slowing down enough to think consciously about an issue so that you can figure out what you think. Because if you're not asking yourself or someone's not asking those questions, you have a general sense of it, but you actually don't know what you think about something until you've paused to think about it. <laughs> and that's really hard to do when you're racing through your life. And I think that's the, the value of, of the coaching experience is, I mean, for me, you know, I work with parents, just pausing to think about what's important to me as a parent, what's a value to me, what do I want to teach my kids, what do I want, like how do I want the tone of the home to be? Those are thoughts that, that we don't have unless we slow down and intentionally have them. Because otherwise we're just going to race right through them and drive an, another soccer practice. Yes, I'm not going to delve into this, and I didn't mean to bring it into it, but, you know, Elaine, you've heard me. When I look at emotions, it's a reflexive reaction where you skip over the thinking yeah. part. And the pressure of the day, what you just said, is we don't stop and think about what we think about it because emotionally we just react to it, which goes back to emotional self-regulation, which is a part of executive yeah. functioning. And so we've covered Dr. Barkley's model <laughs> in thorough detail right now as it relates to buying presents that go down to just simple things. Like if you've got to make a doctor's appointment, more and more it's what, how long is it going to take there? When in my schedule can I do it? What's available in the doctor's office? Is there some pre-cert or something that I have to do? Again, you start to get all these variables in your head and it starts to look a lot like gifts buying and then we understand why we put it off and don't do it because we're just escaping it. Whereas if you identify it, you're self-aware of it, put it down and manage it as a process and maybe do it outside your head, I think it can help a lot of people get past procrastination, which was the hope of this show is to yeah. illuminate this as a process, not just an emotional well, response. So, well, and to not blame yourself for procrastinating as if something's wrong with it, but to understand it well enough to change the behavior. Well put. Right. It, if we don't beat ourselves up, we can actually understand what's going on and shift it, modify it, tweak it. But we can't if, we're, if we let ourselves go off in that shame spiral and then say, well, I'm such a failure because I'm a procrastinator. When the truth is, managing ADD is about understanding it, raising the awareness, as you're saying, 
and then setting the intention to change the behavior and then figuring out what will help you do yep. that. And figuring out requires thinking. And backing yeah. up, I think, it was, I think it was Laura McGivern first. You can't treat ADHD through the lens of blame and shame. No, and so, you can't. I mean, people so, try, but it's not effective. <laughs> so anyway, we, we hope we put a spotlight on the v- different variables. We hope you realize that thinking is really, really, really complicated. And part of procrastination is you've got to stop and think. That's very effortful with people, particularly if you're trying to do it all by yourself in your head. Reach out, get some other people to help you with some of that stuff. So any last nuggets before we wrap this up, Elaine? Yeah, last thought is what we're talking about is, is organization thinking. We're not talking about cognitive smarts. This isn't about, well, your kid is smart or not. We're talking about that executive function capacity to organize your thoughts, and that's different. Well put. Very good distinction. The brilliance of Elaine Taylor-Claus can be found at parents.com. Elaine, thanks so much for coming on the show. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. The secret word tonight is YET, right? Y-E-T. We hope you, uh, we've given you cause to think, give you some insights. Um, process this. And catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.